All right. Three, two. <laughs> Fuck. Welcome back to episode five of the True Love Tattoo Podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Killer Merch. Uh, so it's Killer Merch underscore printing on Instagram. That felt pretty good. First week, haven't <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> Check them out. Uh, get get onto them for any of your screen printing needs, shirts, hoodies, fucking anything. They can do it. They're amazing. Uh, local Melbourne guys, Killer Merch. Um, so today, episode five. Mm. I've got a very dear friend of mine, Miss <laughs> Bree Rennie from Art on Skin in Sydney. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Um, I think that we should start. You've got a pretty big announcement. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty big. What is it? Well, um, as of this week, I'm going to be working part-time at Little Tokyo in Sydney. And yeah. what, what's that sort of mean to you to be able to work at somewhere like Little Tokyo? Oh, it's huge. It's like biggest opportunity I guess I've had yet with my career. So pretty damn excited we, to work some with like work with incredible people so definitely I yeah think, i think we may have mentioned little tokyo or at least reese gordon the owner of little tokyo in yes. a previous episode um in the fact that little tokyo is an institution in yeah. australian tattooing yeah so it's fucking huge dude reese is like legendary and the shop in itself is just incredible so, so by the time this podcast comes out you're pretty much starting at yes. little tokyo Come yeah Couple days a week, whatever. Yeah, yeah sick. <laughs> so, so exciting. I guess I kind of want to start with how you got into tattooing. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I, like, I made up my mind when I was about 15 that I was going to do it, and it took me until I was probably about 21 to actually make it happen. Um, I booked a tattoo in with Dan Phillips, um, who was working at Collective Tattoo at the time in Bondi Junction. And I, oh, I was told to, like, go with him by my auntie who went to school with him, funny yeah, right. enough, but she was a few years above. And um, she's like, oh, why don't you get a tattoo with Dan? And at this time I was like, oh, I've been, like, working on my portfolio. Um, I didn't really know anyone in the industry and I was like, well, I'll take the recommendation I'll get a tattoo by him. You are just at that point where you wanted a tattoo but didn't know where to start, so any recommendation was kind of like yeah, welcome. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And um, I remember booking it on my 21st birthday and I got in there, got tattooed, and I told him, like, can you give me any tips or tricks on, like, how to get into it? I didn't think he'd give me, an, like, give me an apprenticeship or anything like that. I just wanted any type of, like feedback to get better to to make it happen and then yeah at the end I I showed him my drawings and he gave me some pretty good feedback and said come back in a month and show me more what what were you doing between like finishing school and like getting into that what were you doing in the meantime (laughs) I was working in real estate (laughs) real estate (laughs) real estate mogul Brie Rennie yes (laughs) pay your rent (laughs) yeah no so yeah, I started out, I guess, so I finished school when I was like 17 and then I pretty much went into just being a receptionist at um, like a local real estate agency and then worked my way up into like property management and then all of that. And then so that was like the only thing that I was really qualified in yeah, right. after school. So that was my were you, were you like, was my thing. At some point, was there a weird tra- transition where you were like doing real estate and apprenticing? Yes. Yeah. So um, when I finally got the apprenticeship with 
Dan, um, I decided to go part-time between both. So I was doing three and a half days a week at the um, real estate in the city at this time. And then I was working um, like three days at uh, Collective Tattoo and Bondi Junction with Dan. So, What was your apprenticeship with Dan like? Long. No, it was really good. It was, it was, it was amazing. Like I wouldn't change anything. I met Dan a bunch world. of times. He's the loveliest dude ever. Yes. Well, I have my Dan and you have your Dan. So yeah, it's like... which, is, which is crazy. I, I think that the people listening might not know that you and I have known each other a little while. Yeah. And, and our apprenticeships and sort of like our careers in general have almost sort of mirrored each other a little bit. Yeah. So like each milestone within our career, like first guest spot or first convention or whatever, have been like almost within months of each other. I oh know. It's so good. Yeah. So I feel like we've kind of grown up together yeah. a little bit bit in tattooing, you know? Yeah, and it's all because you commented on my photo. Yeah, and what was what was the comment? Hot dicks. Hot dicks. <laughs> yeah. And you were just completely perplexed by it. I was like, I don't, I don't know what that guy means. <laughs> Is that I'm good gonna, or bad? I'm going to follow him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, Dan came from... Um, correct me if I'm wrong, like a, like a real like sort of street shop sort of thing in Sydney. Yeah, he was sort of like yeah. so, a bit of a jack of all trades when it came to tattooing. Oh, 100%. So Dan, Dan is just the master of all. Like he can do any style, he'll nail it, nothing nothing shakes him. <laughs> like, yeah, he just can't be rattled. He just can't be rattled. I like, feel like, like he's, <laughs> he's got so many good stories of just like oh. fucked situations and he's just like, he just laughs about them, you know. Yes, like, yeah, and I think it's all because of his upbringing. Like he did 10 years in a really like, I guess, old school, I guess, biker street shop and then, well, he's been tattooing nearly 20 years now, so he's he's seen it all, he's was, done it all. What was the first tattoo that he did on you? On me? Yeah. On oh, my birthday? Um, he did a dot work mandala on my side. Yeah, right. And, um, yeah, walked in there. And then I remember halfway through the tattoo, <laughs> one of the other artists came in. She's like, that's looking really cool. And he's like, yeah, I've never done dot work before. And no. I was like, oh, <laughs> You're the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. But it turned out great. <laughs> so how, like, you, you went in there, you got tattooed, you were getting tips off him yeah. of how to go about it and stuff. What was it, like, how did you come about? Apprenticing. Oh, okay. So, like, after he tattooed me, he gave me all these tips, and he's like, come back in a month, show me, like, work on your shading, do a bit of this, do some more, like, show a bit more versatility and all that. Yeah. And so I just kept coming back every month with more drawings, just hopping on the train to Bondi and being like, I'm just going to rock up and show him. So many times I got there and he wasn't there, and I was like, damn. God damn it. <laughs> it's okay, I'll come back tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and in that time period, I was, like, drawing tattoos for, like, a lot of my friends, and they're like, who should I go to? to get it done. I'm like, I know this guy in Bondi. Yeah. Hey, Dan, I'm just going to come watch you tattoo this. So he, <laughs> he was getting some business yeah, from you. Yeah. Like, he was tattooing like your drawings yeah. that, you were, that you were doing for your friends and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so every time I'd go in and I'd show him my stuff, we'd like, we'd just have a beer at the pub or something afterwards and pretty much he'd spend the whole time talking me out of it. Really? Yeah. Why, why was he trying to talk you out of it? Well, because he was just like, he was saying that all those TV shows and everything like that, sugarcoat, sugarcoat it like in reality it's not like that at all um and were, were, were the tv shows sort of like your initial 
introduction to tattooing? Were you um, were you like watching those, thinking that tattooing was like, like that? At that time, or probably a few years before, I was watching them. I wouldn't say that was 100% what was making me want to like get into it more, but I guess it gave me a bit more of an insight of like how the whole process worked and everything. Yeah. So I, I did enjoy watching them. But then, yeah, when I got to speak to Dan about it and just how he explained it, he's like, if you don't tattoo, you don't get paid. I was kind of like, oh, what? Because like I always had a job that you get sick pay if you're like if you don't work yeah, and stuff sort of, like that. Sort of so like the yeah. reality of working for yourself was like, oh, I didn't realise this stuff. So, yeah. Do you think he was like kind of just testing you a little bit to see if you get deterred <laughs> yeah. by things like that? 100%. You just kept showing up? Yeah, yeah, and I just kept showing up. I was that pest for a few months. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to come watch you tattoo my friends I feel, I feel every like time. In, in past episodes, like um, I know... Josh Todaro and I definitely talked about it in episode one. Yeah. When people are like going door to door with a portfolio, just asking for an apprenticeship straight off the bat. Yeah. Um, that you don't really know the person. No. Like either way. Like yeah. they don't know you, you don't know them. It could turn out to be shit. But you were, yeah, actively sort of going in, getting tips, getting feedback, and just kept showing up, kept pestering. Yeah. All that sort of stuff and, and building a relationship, and you're getting tattooed by him and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And then naturally progressed to that. Yeah. No. So, like, would you definitely sort of recommend that kind of thing if oh, people were trying to get into it? Like 100%. That way? Yeah, definitely. Like, getting to know him more and more every time that we got to hang out and stuff and just, I guess, see his passion towards tattooing. And obviously he was so hesitant to take on another um, tattoo, like a tattoo apprentice because he'd had five prior to me. Wow. So I think he just kind of like after his last one, which didn't end up pursuing tattooing full time, he was just kind of like, why spend all this time? So the, the on last, someone else if they're not the last person or like the last few people just never like it was just too hard or it wasn't for them and yeah. they just didn't go through with it so we yeah. sort of thought so uh, maybe that's why he was a bit wary with me I guess but like definitely I don't know I want his trust I guess <laughs> totally you just, yeah. just want that approval yeah, yeah I get that I relate to that yeah. so it was sort of like you, st- you still work with Dan now, so that whole time, like, yes. you've, you still, yeah. Yeah, Dan's like my left arm now. <laughs> Your left arm? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the one that you don't use every day, but you kind of, yeah. you still need it. <laughs> Just stretches. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Stretching my patience, Dan. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, 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 Dan's great. He's yeah. big. Yeah. So, like, what, what are the sort of, like, the biggest lessons that you've sort of taken from Dan, whether he's sort of, like, sat you down and told you or you've just sort of, like, picked up from watching him work? Um, oh, well, one of the first things that he said to me was it's not all spotlights and blowjobs. I was told the exact same <laughs> yeah. piece of advice. The exact same. I think it was crazy, but it's, it's true. Like, I think maybe some people think there is, like, a bit of a rock star mentality behind it, but it's, it's, quite, it's quite not. It's quite glamorized, isn't it? Yeah, it's I think really the, not. the general mentality is... You show up, you get to do cool tattoos every day yeah. and then you work for yourself and then yeah. all that sort of stuff and it's not like that. No, not well, at all. Well, you work for yourself in a way yeah. but, yeah, it's not as glamorous as people think. You're yeah, just covered in people's like sweat and blood and tears and it's gross and they like fart on you and then like... <laughs> like I haven't had that yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll happen. <laughs> but, but I mean like, yeah, every, every day like um, you're the same, you know, you do... Kind of like everything you like, you'll do walk-ins. Yeah, like, yeah. It's sort of no. He definitely just giving people what they want. Yeah, hundred percent. Like he definitely taught me that. Like at the end of the day, you are you are what you are because of your clients, pretty much. And he basically told me that, and like 
if you don't have customers or clients returning and stuff, like what what are you? What's the point? You know, like I feel, and I feel like there's a lot of um, tattooers out there that they just don't get repeat business. They'll get loads yeah. of new customers yeah. that just don't come back. And but that's the, not fun. It's like, not fun. No, <laughs> I spend all this time getting to know you. I want to see how your life is next time you come yeah, in. Totally. You know, <laughs> like we've worked together a few times. Like I've guessed it at your shop. Yeah. We've guessed it at places I've worked. And um, I feel like when you are tattooing people, you just really connect with them, and you always chat, and you always thanks, man. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's sort of like, and it's sincere as well. Like it's never just like the you know when you get a haircut. Well. We both have friends that are hairdressers, so it's yeah. not, it doesn't really apply. But, no. <laughs> but, but, but like when you when you go to like a hairdresser for the first time, it's just those really shallow questions that kind of like just lead nowhere, and you know that they're asking every customer that. Yeah, I feel like people that tattoo you, they they really get to know you, and you you always end up with like customers bringing you like presents yeah, and I know. things like that. It's crazy. What's like some of the I don't weird, know why like, they do. What's <laughs> one of the shit that people have brought you? You had someone like bring you ramen one time. Oh, yeah. So I sat with this beautiful little Japanese girl and I told her how much I liked ramen and then she came like a week later and had like from the ramen restaurant she worked at like frozen little compartments of all the ramen ingredients so that you I could just like build your own. I could just build my own ramen when I got home. That's amazing. I know. She's so nice. Didn't, didn't you get like um like a wax seal stamp? Oh uh, like yeah, a yeah, yeah. Like... I got a um I got a personalized wax seal um with my logo on it. And that's incredible. Yeah. And I feel like Oh that was pe- from Sophie. She's such a such a good egg. Such a nice person. Yeah like you've got so many returning customers but I feel feel like people only go out of the way and do that sort of thing if they genuinely connect with you and really enjoy spending time with you and all that sort of stuff. I don't know that many tattooers that build that kind of relationship with their customers. And it's something I really look up to. And it's like, oh, oh man, I'll never see that dude again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I guess at the end of the day, like, tattooing is such a personal experience. So, like, if they're going to walk away from anything, they're going to remember how they felt and how you made them feel. Like, even if the tattoo is not amazing, if you made them feel good in that moment and, like, connected with them, they're going to remember that for the rest of their life kind totally. of thing. So, yeah. like, I'll, like, I'll look at tattoos that I have and it'll just remind me of, like, the shit experience I had getting yeah. tattooed by that person. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, You don't man. want that. That's and the thing. And it could be a great tattoo, but I'll look at it and I'm like, oh, that was a shit day. Yeah. You know, you want to be, look at all of them and be like, I remember exactly where I was, who did that, what the conversation was that we takes had. takes you right back to that moment. And, yeah. yeah, no, I guess, like, we're so lucky to do this as a job that, the fact that people trust, like, have that much trust in us to, like, do something on them forever. Like, fuck. Like, it's, it's crazy. Hey, it's yeah. such a cool moment. And, oh, why not? I want to get to know everyone that wants to get tattooed by me. So, yeah. Yeah, even if they're a walk in, I'm like, be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just this need for acceptance that you have. It's just like, it goes so know. much deeper. Just like daddy issues. <laughs> What do you do for work? <laughs> what did you do yesterday? What did you have for lunch? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I guess I like talking to people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I, and it makes the experience so much better when yeah. you go somewhere and, and you can feel just sort of at peace with that person. You yeah. feel like you can connect with them and trust them. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think that's a really like, a big testament to you and your work ethic, you know, oh, that you're able you. to, to do the cool tattoos and then be able to connect with people like yeah. that, which I don't think many people can. Oh, yeah, I, I guess, like, I definitely know people that are do the whole silent thing throughout the whole process and stuff. And, like, they the do headphones inc- on. Yeah, they do incredible work. But I think, like, at the end of the day, if you can't connect with someone, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, just just try. Even if they can leave with a smile, that's all you want, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll come back and then, like, 
I'm sure you've met loads of people through tattooing that have just become your mates over the years oh, as well. Yes. Like so many people that I've tattooed are, are now some of my really good friends and I wouldn't oh couldn't change it for anything. They're they're amazing. And it's all because of tattooing and like I get to see them out when I go for drinking and stuff as well. That's kinda of like a double edged sh- uh, sword though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you saw me really shit face. I'm, I'm just gonna go over here. <laughs> for for people watching the video or, or looking at the thumbnail, you've probably seen Bree's face before at Frankie's Pizza because she's there <laughs> all the time. I'm just gonna ruin Frankie's oh Pizza for you God. now. And you I can actually, never go there again I, after I to, this. I need to ban myself from that place. <laughs> Bad. The queen of Frankie's. <laughs> no, no. There was one week I went four nights, four nights in a week. That was a bad time. You were going midweek. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah. So after that, I, I didn't go for like two weeks. But um, it's just, it's the best place. It's the only place to go in Sydney, I swear. Just aiming for that sponsorship. Yeah, hey, Frankie's. <laughs> Sponsor me. <laughs> so so this, uh, this week we're doing something a little bit different. And we open up the... Um, the format of the episode to everyone that listens Mm -hmm. where they got to ask questions, Mm -hmm. but they don't know who the guest is. It's me. So, yeah, it's you. So it wasn't even, weren't targeted questions. These are just questions that people wanted to know regardless of who the guest was. Yeah. And I feel like some of the ones that we got apply so well to you. It just panned out. So are you keen to go through some listener questions? Let's do it. All right, question number one. Mm Mm-hmm. I've copied and pasted these and I haven't edited them. Um, so I don't know if the grammar's going to be good. So I could just like <laughs> read bad grammar and come across uh, not so bright. Have you heard um, me speak? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Sometimes it's like you're talking another language. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> um, so question number one, is there anything that you're passionate uh, is there anything that you are as passionate or nearly as passionate about than tattooing? What is it? What can you relate about it to tattooing? And what was a moment where you almost pursued it instead of tattooing? Oh, I like, I feel like that doesn't really apply to me because tattooing is all I've wanted. And I feel like I'm like 90% tattooing, 10% human maybe. Yeah. But like, I feel like nothing else is, I guess made me want to do it more or pursue it more. But, but when you were doing real estate and you had those sort of like aspirations of being a tattooer, was any part of you like, eh, it's probably not going to happen, I'm just going to be in real estate forever? Or were you like, no, nah, I'm going to make it no, happen? I was like, this has to happen because if it doesn't happen, I'll just kick myself forever. So I like, I think if I didn't do tattooing, I'd probably definitely pursue something like art-related drawing or something along those lines. I definitely did think about graphic design when I was like 17, 18, deciding if I wanted to do uni and stuff, but I could not, I guess, show as much interest in it because that wasn't what I wanted to do. So Yeah, yeah you said like, earlier since you were like 15 yeah. that you wanted to tattoo. Yeah. How, how? So you got your first tattoo at 21. No, not my first one. That was my third one. Well, that was your first one by Dan. Yeah, first one by Dan, yeah. Right. So, yeah, you, like, you're 18 getting yeah, tattooed? Yeah, I got first right. tattoo at 18. I got another one, like, a year later with my mom. That was kind of cute. What did you and, get with um, your mom? <laughs> I got a bee behind my ear for Brie. Ah. <laughs> Just in case I forgot. <laughs> no, my mom got, like, some writing on her wrist and stuff. But, um, yeah, that, that was kind of cool, getting her involved in it. And totally. Then, was that your mum's first tattoo? Yeah, mum's first one. That's crazy. Yeah. How much convincing did it take to get your mum to get tattooed? Not not as much as I thought it would take. Oh, you but just like floated the idea and she was down you're like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't expect it to be that easy. But um, 
But yeah, so pretty much, I don't know, like I guess tattooing was it for me. If I was still in real estate, I'd be like, nah, I wouldn't be much of a human, I don't reckon. What's your mum think about your tattooing? Oh, she's cool. She's, She's like... She's like a tattoo connoisseur now. Like she'll stop right. people. <laughs> she gets me customers. <laughs> like, like, my mom's like really bubbly and out there. And um, like <laughs> tattooed this chick. She's a dentist. And I'm like, oh, so she came for the console and she's like, oh, um, so I met your mom. She actually told me to follow you on Instagram. I'm like, oh yeah, where'd she meet? And she's like, oh, in the toilets in Chatswood Shopping Center. I'm like, oh yeah. Just accosting people <laughs> yeah. in public. Just like, yeah. are you gonna get another tattoo? Here's my daughter's Instagram. And now she wants a cut. And I'm like, stop it. <laughs> I don't even carry cards. I, I don't even have my I own cards. I don't even carry cards. I'm the same. But... And your mum's just like dealing them out yeah, to people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. God bless her, but no, she's a good egg. But um, what about you? What would you do if you weren't tattooing? Fuck. Well, I went to uni. I think I mentioned that. Well, I definitely mentioned I went to uni in previous episodes, but I don't know if I mentioned what I did. Mm. <clears throat> what did you do? Not much, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet fuck all. <laughs> I did um, a Bachelor of Photography and a Bachelor of Graphic Design mm-hmm. at uni. So That's cool. Um, I, I went there. I moved to Wagga from a really small country town called Leeton. Um, for uni Mm -hmm. and when I was there I was doing that and I wanted to be a commercial photographer so whenever I took photos I I was taking into account how much negative space to leave in the photos for text to then go in it so every time every time I took photos if it didn't have the negative space I'd like photoshop that in I was like Mm -hmm. obsessed with photoshop too everything was like heavily manipulated so I was doing that yeah Regardless of what photo I took, I had loads of negative space so that I could incorporate text into it. Mm-hmm. So it was very much, yeah, both sides of the graphic design and photography. And that's all I wanted to do. I, like, I had ambitions of um, getting my photos on, like, a billboard. billboard. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I just wanted, I just wanted um, yeah, I just wanted to, like, cruise billboard. past on a, on a train or a bus or anything and just, like, see my photo on a fucking big billboard or in a magazine or on the side of a bus or something and that's all I wanted and just like you know a photo of a beer or whatever it was you know just like product photography I didn't care that that's all I wanted and then fell into the apprenticeship while I was at uni just like for pocket money Mm -hmm. you know just working at the shop um so yeah it's sort of I I think same it would have been creative regardless yeah always always just wanted to and it it was also just like sort of problem solving because I feel like tattooing a huge part of it is problem solving yeah when your customer just has a fucked request and you're like I have a deadline how am I going to make this happen (laughs) I have two hours (laughs) I have two hours to make this happen (laughs) you know work some magic (laughs) yeah All right. question number two yeah is there anything that aids you in concentrating or getting through a tattoo Example, music, etc. Okay. Um, definitely say music. Music gets you through? Yeah, massively. Like as soon as if one of the playlists stops at work or something like that, I'm like, DJ, DJ. It's weird, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's so weird. Like the silence can't handle it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the guys at the shop that I work at yeah. went on a, like a little little retreat and they took the speaker from work. Yeah. Like, I'll take one from home. Why would they take the speaker? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I was like, I I had bookings anyway, so I just worked uh, while they were all away. I was at the shop by myself with with no music for like two days and it was so fucked. I tried to like play music off the laptop and it was just weird and it like kept stopping. And Uh and, uh, yeah, like what kind of music gets you through it? Oh, um, everything. Everything? I listen, yeah, I listen to everything. We'll, we'll definitely have, like, 
some heavy metal days at the shop. <laughs> I think when I guessed it at your shop, it was just purely gangster rap. Oh, yeah. It was just That's like, Flick. It was like the gnarliest so rap. So Flick, Flick, my boss, she loves gangster rap. <laughs> so, so whenever funny. she's working, yeah, we get we get those, those bangers on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever um, let your customer choose the music to what you listen to? Yeah, I have. Was it a bad idea? No, I was quite happy with it. Really? Yeah, it was oh. like emo, like powerhouse playlist. <laughs> and just, I was like, I was like, yes, my fifteen-year-old self is yes. just living for this. Yeah. <laughs> we did it one day. Um, it was just uh, my friend Lacey and I working. Lacey Griffiths, L Griffiths, tattoo on Instagram. Check her out; she's amazing. She's amazing. Um, so we, yeah, it's it was like just ASMR. us two. <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I just went to do ASMR and got really self-conscious. Um, yeah, we let our customers, there was three people in the shop. She was tattooing these two girls and I was tattooing a different girl and we let them pick the music. Yeah. And I'm like, what's your favourite album of all time? We'll listen to the album in its entirety. And my customer picked Fall Out Boy Infinity on High. Is that what it's called? And like, as it played, I'm like, I'm actually into this. I thought you this was. Go- I thought this was going to be terrible. You can't go wrong with Fallout Boy. Yeah, and I was like, "This is really fun to work to." Then the next customer picked um, Lincoln Park's Meteora, <laughs> and I went, "Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is a change of pace." And then the last one just picked like some weird like System of a Down album, and I'm like, "This is fucked." And then my mate walked in, and he just thought we'd voluntarily put this music on. He's like, yeah. "What the fuck are you listening to?" <laughs> I felt so sorry for that girl. She was having the best time, and I was like, "What the." fuck is this? That's so, kind of like what we listen to at work every day. System of a Down every <laughs> yeah, day. all the time. <laughs> Chop suey all day. Yes, all day, <laughs> on, every on day. <laughs> yes. All right. So good. Third question. Okay. It's a really deep one. Deep. Uh, yeah. Are you ready? You ready to go deep? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the smelliest customer you've ever had? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we leave it up to, when we leave it up to the listeners. Who even... Sent that in. Mm-hmm. I know. Do you know? Yeah. Do I know? Them? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Have you um, just had a really fucked experience with someone that just stinks? Look, there's definitely been a few people that are a bit smelly, but um, I'll tell a story about when Flick had a customer. Um, that was that was on another level. Like really. He was a really nice dude. He was just a walk-in. He called up. He wanted some old English on his stomach. And Flick was free um, that day, which is rare because usually she's always 100% booked no matter what. Yep. And um, I think she had a cancellation or something. So she's like, yeah, I'll do, I'll do this walk-in. And this guy shows up. Mind you, it's like it's like 40 degrees or something outside. Oh, no. And this guy shows up in like two hoodies. And we're like, oh. why has he got so many layers on? <laughs> Who needs that many hoods? Yeah, <laughs> this guy. And um, yeah, he like took his took his hoodies off and to show his stomach to get the tattoo. And the smell was something else. Pungent. Yo, yeah. Like oh, we had no. to open every door in the shop. Um, I think me and. Chris, Chris Copping was working with me at the time. We actually went and stood in the garage, like in the car park for like half an hour. So like, we can't be in there. It was, yeah, I've never experienced anything like it. That was, that was on the level. But um, I feel like the most important thing 
before you get tattooed other than having a good meal and be nice and hydrated shower. and well-rested. Just be clean. Have a fucking shower, shower, people. Yeah. Or like when people come from the gym and you're like, what? <laughs> like, I tattooed an entire, <laughs> an entire girls' soccer team right after they played two games of soccer. Damn, that's sweaty. With no shower. <laughs> it, was, it was eight girls and I had to tattoo eight asses. Asses too. And they just all came out into the, the shop floor when I said you can bring one person. Yeah. And they all eight of them came out and it fucking reeked. And then that was bad enough. And then later in the afternoon. Uh, just like shoving paper towel off your nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> My boss down My just, just, cr- just chroming like fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. Lynx Africa. <laughs> I love Lynx Africa. <laughs> Um, later that afternoon, like Dan was just laughing at my situation and how fucked it was. And then we got a phone call and it was a men's Oz tag team oh, who no. had also played that morning. That's worse. And then like six of those guys came in and like dude's BO was just like twice as bad as the chick's BO. Yeah. And then the shop was fucked. No. It was just nonstop. I think like one other time. Uh, we had a customer who was wearing like a white T-shirt and he stank real bad. And normally I'll like do the polite thing. A stank. And I'll do the polite thing and wait until they leave before I like bust out the Glen 20 and just yeah. like completely just haze out the shop with it. <laughs> and this guy, I just couldn't. I'm like, fuck, I feel so rude doing need to this. quarantine the whole shop. I was, was kind of walking around the guy just fucking creating a force field of Glen 20. <laughs> and he, he had like a white T-shirt and it had like sweat rings in the armpits. Oh, and was, you know how dude. you can count how old a tree is by like counting the rings? <laughs> yes. You can see in like how many days he'd been wearing the shirt because it was just like these, these like yellow crusty <laughs> rings. So I think there was like six of them. You know, I'm like, oh, that is Fucking rank. Wow. It's like, I don't know. Is this recently? No, it was maybe two or three years ago. Oh, okay, right. But it stuck with me. Yeah. I feel like just telling that story, it's like the smell comes back into my memory. Your nose hairs were like burnt off. There's plenty of those. (laughs) 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 All right. Oh, gnarly. Question number, what was that? That was question three. Question Mm. number four. Mm -hmm. Many people need a full-time gig to sustain themselves while they work at their creative skills on the side. Yeah. In the hopes of eventually transitioning into creative work full time. Uh, I read that sentence weirdly. <laughs> Do you have any tactics for maintaining momentum and motivation while you're juggling a nine to five, friends, relationships, family, and sleep? Ooh, okay. Well. Because you kind of did that. You, you had your, yeah. your nine to five doing real estate. And, yeah. And then how did you juggle that with like pursuing an apprenticeship? Um, well, yeah, like, um, like I said before, I was doing like three days at the real estate or three and a half days at the real estate, three at the um, tattoo shop. And pretty much I just looked at that as money. Like my motivation was knowing that I was doing my apprenticeship and that I wanted to be a tattoo artist. So I guess knowing that I just had to push through on those days, doing something that I hated, like I could do it, I was qualified in it, but I had no... No passion, no feeling towards real estate. It was just, it was just a job. It was just a leeway to get you, me you to where I wanted to. You kind of just had to sacrifice a couple of days and a couple of days worth of real estate money. Yeah. In order to be like, you could still live, but um, you could invest that time. So, so for people that are working full time, yeah, maybe like look at how you can cut back to part time and still. Like, I feel like part time, like if you could do it and live, definitely. Um, I was lucky that. 
I could, on those three days, I could earn enough to get by um, for the rest of the week. So then I could spend my time in the tattoo shop and then also drawing at nighttime and stuff. But then, like, the whole juggling friendships and stuff like that, I guess, um, like, I was a bit of a hermit at that time. Was. Was. You still are. I still am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, more so. But I guess I had a good relationship with the people that I did work at in my part-time job as well as the apprenticeship. So then that was kind of like my social time at the same time. So yeah. I could have lunch with them, I could have dinner with them to like have that nice balance. But other than that, I just looked at that as a leeway. Like, And I feel like uh, as far as like relationships and friendships go, people that really care about you yeah. are going to be like, oh, she wants this, cool, we might not hang out as much, but this is what she needs to be able to do what she wants and oh, all that sort of totally. stuff. So I feel like any friend that gets, like, butthurt over the fact you're not yeah. spending time with them in order to pursue something like that, you know, they're probably not a great friend anyway. No, 100%. Like, if someone, if someone, like, anyone that you meet, if they're really passionate about something, they, they will do whatever they can to get to where they want to be and... Like, you just have to support that. And so I was lucky that a lot of my friends also felt that way about me. They're like, oh, she's not going to come out tonight. Oh, she has to draw. She has to do this. And, like, they were cool with it. So they helped me because I guess they took that pressure off me thinking, like, oh, I'm a bad friend. I can't hang out all the time or I can't can't have dinner every night. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, I I guess I was lucky like that. I feel like the general answer to that is sacrifice. Oh, definitely. Really. Yeah. It's sort of what can you do without in order to get to where you want to be. Yeah, definitely. Sacrifice. Sacrifice, time management, that whole thing. Like Instead you have of feeling to cut like out like so you can much work stuff. a nine to five and then at a snap of the fingers you can just immediately go into whatever field it is that you're more passionate about. No, yeah. It's like, a gradual thing. hundred percent. Definitely gradual. Like I my apprenticeship was roughly like two and a half years and I just knew that if I can get through this however long it's going to be because at the time I didn't know how long it was going to take, how long or short it was going to be. Yeah, it's not like a formal apprenticeship like electrical where it's like three years and then you qualify. You don't sign off. No, you don't don't have a sign off. That's the thing. (laughs) You you and I talked about this once before and I'm like, what was it like when um, you found out that you weren't an apprentice anymore and you're like, uh, the don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just never really came. It just yeah, just like it's just kind of like okay, you can you can charge. I think a yeah. normal hourly rate now. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was like, like really oh, underwhelming. Oh, was that it? Like I think in my head, where's my crown and my like, <laughs> like my sash? big cape? Yeah, where's my sash? <laughs> the whole time, I where's was, my wings? <laughs> in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm, my Dan's gonna sit me down. He's gonna make a little bit of a fuss out of it. Yeah. Like, Congratulations, you know. I don't know what I expected, but I was expecting a little bit of fanfare. Yeah. And then I think uh, I just sort of noticed it was a bit weird that Dan would sort of like introduce me to people as his workmate. Yeah. Not his apprentice. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Why'd he say that? And then that went on for a little while. And then I asked Dan, I'm like, how much longer is my apprenticeship? And he goes, apprenticeship? He's like, fucking, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. I've told you everything I know. <laughs> so, I love Jan. <laughs> so, so I have no idea how long my apprenticeship was. Yeah. It just like it just. I don't know. But I still. Do you still feel like you're an apprentice though? Oh, 100 percent. You still feel like you're always going to be Dan Phillips' apprentice. 100 percent. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think that's you good. Too? <laughs> I, I, no, Dan, Dan, Dan Pollock, Pollock, not Dan Phillips. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, I think that's cool though. Yeah. I, I feel like in a lot of other trades. You know, people will do a plumbing apprenticeship or whatever, and as soon as they're signed off, they just fuck off and go out on their own or whatever. And it's like for, like, your experience is so similar to mine where 
you stay around and you pay your dues a bit because oh, like, you owe them so much. It's yeah. like, it would be disrespectful if you just got signed off and then just fucked off completely. Yeah, like they, they did they did good to you. Like you do good to them. You yeah. Know? Like why not? You want to – you respect them. They're like your number one, you, you know? You don't, like, you, don't, you don't think of how much stress and uh, – how much they've just agonised over your apprenticeship, <laughs> whereas you think, oh, I just show up and they tell me what to do, and it's like, man, they're probably like tearing their hair out at yeah, home yeah. over fuck. I'm responsible for this human uh-huh. and their career and shaping the rest of their life. Like a child, like, totally like yeah. a child. Yeah, no, I, yeah, Dan, dance the man, dance the man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Are there ways to work smarter rather than harder, so that you don't find your, uh, so that you don't ruin yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally? Hmm. Okay. Smarter. Oh, I reckon. <laughs> whatever I'm going to say, I probably should apply to myself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, take your own advice. <laughs> yeah, I should take my own advice. Um, oh, smarter would definitely be. Oh. One thing I reckon shows the design on the day when they show up. I'm trying to do that more at the moment. Well, a lot of the time I show about three or four days before, but in reality then they show all their friends and all their family members, which is okay, but then they come back with 100 changes based on other people's opinions. So it makes it 10 times harder before the appointment because you might have spent hour, two hours making back and forth changes when they could have made the decision on the spot for themselves. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So I reckon that would be smarter and saving time. Yeah, so it's sort of like even outside of tattooing for people to work smarter rather than harder. It's more about economising your time and, and making it efficient mm-hmm. and, and streamlining the process as much as possible yeah. in like sort of whatever they do. Yeah. You reckon? And it's sort of like... Anything that's unnecessary or anything that leads to... Cut it out if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Just strip it back as the whole process of whatever you do as much as as you can. Yeah. So that you've got more control over it. Yeah, definitely. I reckon control like that is just... You'll be able to do... Like, er, everything will just run a lot more smoothly. Yeah. And, yeah, I reckon that would be a smarter way of going about it, showing it on the day, and I'm definitely trying to learn that myself. I think by trying to streamline things and make things more efficient, it can be easy to come across like a bit of a cunt (laughs) as well. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like that's hard. And then how... How do you think is is the best way to handle it by by minimising unnecessary sort of like interactions or complications before the day? Before the day? Oh. Without being a dick? I think, like, I guess a consultation would probably be the easiest way to go about it. If you're having a face-to-face combo rather than over email, maybe you can gather exactly what they want a lot more to cut out just so you're like both on, the, both on the same page yeah. immediately so that that way on the day it's as close to what they want as possible. Yeah, yeah. But then sometimes people are so, like I'm sure you've had it as well, customers are so direct with emails and they're like, I want this, this size here, and it's so spot on that there's there's nothing to worry about. Like it's so clear, but then yep. other people it can be a little bit more foggy, I guess. It's, yeah, it's hard when people, they know what they want but they can't communicate what they yeah. want. Yeah. And that always sort of leads to complications. Yeah, 
Communication. Communication Number one. is king. <laughs> it is king. But, yeah, I, I guess that would be, like, one point for, like, being smarter rather than working harder kind of thing. But, like, what about you? What would you suggest for that one? Mm, yeah, working smarter rather than harder. I think I think they're both important. Yeah. Um, fuck, anyone that listened to the episode with Tan Vandenberg, pretty much every second... She's like a powerhouse, man. Every second and third word was work hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so She's I'm, just a boss. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I feel like I don't really need to, to hammer the work hard part. Yeah, I think uh, you covered that. I think, I think that was covered that in episode whole debate. three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I think working smarter is being more efficient with your time and yeah. more efficient with your customer's time. Yeah. Because you don't want to waste their time either. Oh, God, And no. sort of get nowhere and then they show up and it's not what they want and then you have to like yeah. rebook and all that sort of yeah. stuff and just sort of fuck everyone around. It's like if you can do things sort of as concisely and as uh, properly as possible straight up, then it just means that you're going to have more time to do more work. And it would be such a smooth process and you don't, yeah, you have you have more time then. Everyone has more time. Yeah, like anyone that works a job where you have to keep multiple appointments in a, in a day, if you're fucking around with one of them, it's less time that you can spend doing your second or third appointment. Yeah. Which mean, ultimately means less business, less money, all that sort yeah. of stuff. So, yeah. so by doing that and it's just, you know, no one likes to get fucked around. So it's no. like yeah. if you can just nail that stuff as, yeah, as easily and as as not quickly I understand shit takes time but <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. get out of the fucking way yeah. no um, but I, I mean yeah it's, it's better for everyone if you can streamline a process as yeah. much as possible yeah. like whatever it is yeah I, I don't really like winging it when it comes to appointments like I'd rather be prepped <laughs> all drawn and like so as soon as they come in I'm set up I'm ready to go so if there is changes to the design like it's only going to take like 10-15 minutes maybe out of my time yeah. so then I can get into the tattoo and get it finished before my next appointment. Like I hate, I hate the fact if I have to make them wait around half an hour. Even if I'm making changes that they want, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm taking so long. Totally. <laughs> but because all, all, still that, like, all it, that stuff cuts yeah. into time that you can spend with other customers. 100%, so yeah. it, it just pushes your whole day back if you're not prepared. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess time management is definitely the best way to go about it. One hundred. Are you ready 100. for the next one? I'm ready. Okay. What do you think the most magical thing about <laughs> tattooing is? Magical. <laughs> uh, <laughs> from our view or someone else's even, view? Even, even um, before you started tattooing, what was it about like tattoos that seemed magical <laughs> to you? <laughs> magical. Um, oh, permanence. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, oh, like, we're born the way we are. Like you can ever alter so much, you know what I mean? Like unless it's plastic surgery. Like even if you dye your hair, like it grows out. Yeah. But like tattoos is something that you can't, you do can't feel, change. Do you feel like, you know? like um, it's kind of like the, a challenge. Like if you get to do that for someone, it's like damn. Totally. Do you, yeah. do you feel like people don't view permanence of tattoos the same way that they used to? No, I don't reckon. Do you think now with all those TV shows that are like Tattoo Nightmares or um, even just laser technology now that people are a bit more flippant about going into getting a tattoo, they're looking at it as if I don't like it... I'll just laser it off. I can I can just laser it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. 100%. People definitely look at it that way. And oh, I, 
to be honest, like each to their own, but I don't think that's a good way to look at it. Like yeah. you want to commit to something. I've heard of people like um, wanting a tattoo and not sure if they can commit to it and then just making like that design or something similar to that, like the wallpaper on their phone for a year. Yeah. And every time they open their phone, they look at it. And if they're sick of it after a year, they're like, oh, fuck, I'm glad that's not on me. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, people do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm a bit different. Like if I want a tattoo, like I'll think about it for a bit and then I'm like, boom, get it. But I think now I'm kind of like, I like that. I'll just get that. Tattoo. Yeah, the more I'm you get, the like, less you care. Yeah, I definitely care less. But it's it's a way bigger moment in your life the the sort of earlier you are into tattooing. Yeah. You know, it's like that first tattoo you think it has to have so much meaning and stuff. But yeah, and there's some people that just walk in their first tattoo and they just get a fucking panther on their forearm. You know, because they're like, that's dope. Because they're a suit going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. some people are just like that. They can just they can just commit to something because they like it and yeah. has no real significance to it, which is. Great, but yeah, the more you get, I feel like the less you kind of care. Yeah. Have no. you like, have you like gotten a bunch of like shit tattoos? Like the more you've gotten, or like I feel like your collection is pretty good. <laughs> I think I have a pretty good collection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely just gotten more and more like bum tattoos yeah. the more I've gotten. <laughs> nah, maybe I've just become more picky. <laughs> I'm just like, True. no, I like this, but I want to get tattooed by people that I like and people I admire or look up to, and. Um, what, what what kind of people like who who in tattooing do you look up to and why? Oh, okay. Um, I'd probably say or oh, okay, two names: Mr. Ping Pong, who works at Hibernia in Sydney, yes. um, and also Hori E or Hori A. He goes by both names, Shinshu, who owns a tattoo studio in Matsumoto um, City in Japan. Right. Um, and I'd probably say they're like my two. My two peeps at the moment that I really look up to. Obviously, I look up to heaps more, but um, I'm just lucky enough to get tattooed by both of them. And I guess I look up to them in the sense that, like, their their outlook is so amazing and how they look at tattooing and how they treat it. And what's their outlook like? Is it like similar between the two of them, or is it different? Very similar. No, no, they're very similar. Like, they both love traveling the world. They both love. Um, creating big custom pieces for their customers. They're all focused on like making sure it flows around um, the part of the body that they're going to be working on and also like the color palette and like complementary colors and things like that. Right, so it's sort of like very much like you're influenced by them artistically. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like their process, I'm just like, damn. I remember a few years ago, like after I met Hori, um, I, I could just message him and be like, hey, man, need some inspo. What and do I just, do? Yeah, yeah. And he'll help. just said, yeah, help me. And he'll just like, if I felt like I was in like a bit of a creative block or something, he would just send me like a hundred photos of like all the drawings that he'd done in the past month. And I'd be like, wow. you're incredible. Thanks, man. Yeah. And then I'd be set for like a good few months. I'd be like, this guy, God, I don't know. Just, just the way they draw, just the way they're so focused on the art form, but then also traveling and meeting customers and the experience that they give people that, what was that? Because you, you just went to Japan and got tattooed by Hori yes. again. Because you're getting your whole arm done by Yes, him. I'm getting my left arm so by, what, done what by him. So what was that whole experience like? Because I'm pretty sure he didn't he have to, like, pick you up from some random yeah, destination? Yeah. Um, so his studio's in, like, this tiny little suburb in Matsum- Matsumoto City, um, like Nagano, Japan, and 
he would pick me up from my hotel um, in the morning. He'd take me to lunch. We'd have lunch together and then we'd go and get tattooed for the day. Um, so you're starting like pretty late in the day. <laughs> yeah, we're starting <laughs> at like two maybe. Yeah. yeah. And then tattoo late into the night and then we'd go have like dinner and drinks afterwards. And then we did that the next day as well. <laughs> so, Just back to back. Back to back, yeah. yeah. But um, that's part of part of his thing, like part of his experience is like if you if you come to the studio in his hometown, he wants to show you his hometown. He wants to show you the culture. He wants to show you the people. That's so he'll pick you up. He wants to take you out, take you to his favorite lunch spots, and then tattoo you. So it's not just. It's not just a tattoo. He just wants to play host. Yeah, yeah. 100%. He just wants to show you and take you out. That's and, amazing. And Do you I feel like um, part of that, you know, you treat your customers in a similar way? Like rec- even just recommending places and you just oh, want to totally. sort of like play host when you when you tattoo them? Yeah, I Maybe that's just me, but like, <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely want to do that. Like, if um, like I tattooed this um, gorgeous girl from like up near Townsville the other week, and I was like, "Have you been to this place? You should try this place." And like, basically, based off like the music um, that she told me she listens to and everything like that, I kind of like tried to tell her like places that she should check out, um, like live music venues and stuff in Sydney. Because I was like, "You'd like this. I want you to experience." Bring any travel guide. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of like you, you want that experience to extend past the tattoo. Oh, totally. You just and want like, their entire time in yeah. Sydney or whatever to. Yeah, I want them to have a good time. Like if they're gonna travel to get tattooed, I want them to have the best time ever. So, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah! All right, <laughs> next one. Um, where would you be without tattooing? <gasps> Dead. Dead. <laughs> Fuck, that got grim. <laughs> that got real grim. It's in a bin Rip. somewhere. Oh <laughs> uh, nah, like I just, I I don't think I'd be. I'd just be a really angsty person. Hey, like angsty. tattooing gives me so much happiness and lets me meet so many amazing people that I probably would never have met in any other walk of life, kind of thing. So without it, I think I'd just be, I'd be a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know so many people that that tattooing they love it, but it just causes so much stress. And with you, I feel like it's the other way. I feel like you kind of loosen up and you unwind a little bit by yeah. being able to tattoo. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. That's true, but uh, I don't know. Like, I just, I just really love my love my job. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so thankful for tattooing that I can't like. You just can't see yourself doing anything else. I can't else. see myself doing anything else. And if I was, like, I think I just wouldn't be. I just wouldn't be who I am right now. Like, I wouldn't be who I am today. I think if I was in any other industry, I just. Like, I'm sure I'd enjoy it in some way, but, like, I think, like, just say I was still in real estate or something like that, I'd be like, no. Nah. Like, I'm <laughs> so, so angsty. Kind of like a, a means Not to a good an time. end, just pays the bills, you show up, you go home. Yeah, I'd just be, like, hating the world, being like, fuck the system. But, like, the tattooing, <laughs> I'm like, I love my life. Like, I love everyone. Like uh, Last week we had Rob Mopar on. Oh, yeah. And he said a few things that I've, I feel like kind of mirror... Uh, your outlook a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. So I haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> that's okay. You're just the worst friend ever. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so he said that tattooing uh, appealed to him so much because he wanted to travel mm-hmm. and he aspired to be homeless pretty much. Yeah. He didn't want a, a fixed address. He just wanted to travel and work. I feel that. You feel that? I feel that. 100%. And then I feel with him also I, I asked him, 
um, what tattooing has sort of taught him Mm -hmm. just as a person. And he said patience. Like what do you think tattooing has sort of like taught you that you apply to other aspects of your life outside of tattooing? Oh, okay. Well, patience would definitely be one of them. Um, I think I'm a pretty patient person. But um, I think I guess maybe it's taught me to be more appreciative. Like I definitely appreciate every experience that I get to have or everywhere I get to travel to and the people I meet as well like sometimes I might be doing like the tiniest tattoo for someone but like they tell me why they're getting it and why they chose me to do it and it's kind of like damn like it's incredible it is the most overwhelming experience knowing that I can do this infinity like in symbol on someone and make their whole year you know totally. what I mean? Like, or like for whatever reason that they're getting it, if it's closure or if it's like they lost someone or something along those lines. Those, those traumatic like, tattoos are, are always really heavy, but I feel like they're kind of like the most rewarding. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah, like appreciation on another level. Like I feel like because I get to hear so many stories or meet the people that I get to like meet whenever I do anything else. Like if it's traveling, like coming down to Melbourne for a week, I'm like, oh my God, I love my life. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think with those like really heavy tattoos as well, like you said earlier, tattooing is such a personal thing. Yeah. And, and that person has obviously put so much trust in you to mm-hmm. do the tattoo. But I find a lot of the time people open up a lot when they get tattooed as well. Yeah. I don't know if that's whether because of Ink Master everyone has their sob stories that they tell and they think that it's all Miami Ink <laughs> and they it think could that's, be. But that's I reckon we're kind of like hairdressers too. Like I feel like our job's the same. Like people just unload when they're like. Because then they can leave and maybe never see you again and yeah. they, they just got things off their and chest. And I'm like traumatized. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. You're like three more times a day and all you can I'm think like, about oh, is just that really heavy yeah, thing. No, but <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, maybe, yeah. Was there, was there a time where you did like a particularly sort of heavy tattoo for someone and then when they left you just felt really good inside about being able to do that for them? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, this actually happened a few weeks ago. Well, it's happened multiple times over, like, the course of the last three and a half years of tattooing or so. But, um, yeah, like, a, a few weeks ago I did this particular tattoo for a customer. She was recommended to me from someone who tattooed her before that's um, in New Zealand now. And she asked me to do this tattoo for a late partner, Um who'd only passed away like like a month or two ago or so. Wow. And she was so positive and beautiful and inspiring and just like the way that she spoke about him and everything, like his death and everything along those lines and like why she wanted the tattoo. I just oh, I just wanted to put everything into that. Hey, like I was like, I have to make this absolutely perfect. And I feel that way about every tattoo, but yeah, like but this is that there added was just pressure. Yeah, like there was just something inside me that was like I have to make this incredible. And so I like I had to draw it up on the spot for her. it wasn't like a normal appointment where I'm like kind of prepping beforehand. Um and then when she left, um, I was just, I guess, so really, like, overwhelmed by the whole experience that, like, I burst into tears and I was just like, damn, like, I did, like she's so happy. And I, just got to, I got to do that for her in, like, such a, like, a hard time of her life, obviously. Yeah. And she probably would never go through anything that's that heartbreaking. But, like, I got to do it and, yeah, I guess I was like, oh, I was, like, sobbing afterwards. I was like, oh, my God, I did that. Like, but she was so happy that she bought me chocolates the next time. <laughs> See, fucking more presents. <laughs> yeah. What the so, fuck? <laughs> oh, God, but no, she, 
She's gorgeous. gorgeous I, I feel lady. like that was, um, a, that was a cool moment. I've done, I've done plenty of like memorial tattoos and stuff that are yeah. like kind of heavy, but the one that really sort of sticks with me, there was this family um, that lived in Wagga where I used to be, mm-hmm. and um, their dad and husband got hit by a kid that was street racing. Shit. Um, he was in a car, got hit, and he died, and it was I think it was like a couple of days after. They yeah. Hit, like um, two or three daughters and the mum came in and they were like crying when they booked it. Yeah. Like, I'm just an awkward guy. I feel so awkward when people cry. Do you just freeze? Uh, a little bit. I, like, I'm like, oh, do I pat them on the shoulder like what uh, I don't know like I, I don't know I, I feel like I lack a human emotion a little bit <laughs> so so I was like I felt really awkward but I'm like okay this is a really important tattoo for them mm. and they were getting um he had like a Celtic knot sort of thing inside his arm and they just wanted his tattoo in the same place yeah which is such a, a cool way to sort of remember him by yeah totally um and they came in and I just remember the sort of pressure like not only to do a good job but to give them a good experience and sort of keep it light mm-hmm. while they're getting tattooed. Yeah. And the whole time I'm like, don't be a fucking downer, you know. <laughs> it's like obviously like I kind of want to talk to them about the tattoo and, you know, it's like a little bit of a – that whole thing is like a little bit of a grieving process for them as well. Yeah. So it's like still be able to like talk about talk about their dad and, and all that sort of stuff but fuck, don't be a downer about it, you know. Like I want them to have a great experience and I want them to leave happy. High, and, yeah, and high spirits, sort of. good time. And, and it's – one of the hardest fucking things to do. Mm-hmm. Like doing doing an easy tattoo and having like an experience like that is so much harder than doing a super difficult tattoo on just, you know, where you're, yeah. you're having a great time. Oh, gosh. Like pull, we, pull on the heartstrings. Pull on oh, the heartstrings. Yeah. yeah. It's incredibly difficult. But I think that's – there's not many jobs where it's – you get that you kind get of that. thing. Yeah. That kind of, you know, every day is different and every experience is different. We're the lucky ones. Some days. Some days. Some days. <laughs> Some days you have a smelly cunt with a stained T-shirt with like six rings of stains on it. Still. <laughs> Still better than digging a ditch in the side of the road exactly. in like 40 degree exactly. heat. Exactly. So glad I'm not selling houses. <laughs> <laughs> shout, out, shout out to our real estate agents for the real heroes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's just not for me. It's for them. <laughs> All right, last question. Yeah. This question was submitted by a tattooer. Oh, really? From Queensland. Oh. By the name of Tommy Doom. Cool. Tommy Doom is an incredible tattooer mm-hmm. and an incredible person. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Tommy Doom. So Yo. his question <laughs> is uh, he wants to know if the guest, you, have the intention Me. or want to leave a lasting impression on Australian tattooing. Damn. Is there something about tattooing that you hope to approve upon upon a tiny bit uh, within your time in the seat and something that you can give back to tattooing? It's a really long question. Isn't it? Um, He's a smart guy. Yeah. Yeah, way, way smarter than me. Do, do you think about um, like uh, a legacy or an impact or just a change that you want to make within tattooing? I guess like I've, I've never really thought about, well, coming into tattooing, I never thought that I'm doing it because I want to make an impression on the industry or anything. I think that's kind of lines, something you know? that, like, I think that's something that you sort of figure I think that out comes while with you're time. doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at the, like how I'm, viewing it as I guess I just want to be six like successful but I also want to be respected um like I but I don't I don't look at the whole like making an impression thing like maybe that'll come in years but I guess I'm like I'm a baby like in this you know like there's so many more people that are way more experienced than me so many more years that 
like maybe in time it would happen. I think when you're hit around the tw- like maybe over 10 year mark, then you're kind of like, damn, I want to give back. But at the moment, like, I feel like I just want to get better. I just want to learn. Like, what else can I take? Like, I'm a sponge. I'm, I'm still in <laughs> learning mode. I don't think you ever like lose the learning mode. But Hopefully like, not. Hopefully not. And I don't think that will ever happen. Like you said, you always feel like an apprentice. But um, yeah. like, I just, I just want to be successful and respected. And that's a, like, that, that's what I want from tattooing pretty much. Like, I guess if, if you become like someone in the industry that people look up to or something like that, I think that comes with time and knowledge and maybe from people meeting you and like seeing what your outlook on it is and, and everything like that. You know you, what I mean? You like you look at like someone like say Reese Gordon, like he's a legend. Like he's got that whole outlook, everything like that, everything that he does, you're just like, damn, this dude. Yeah, I guess Give him back, I guess you, you know? want you want to become the the Mr. Ping, the Mr. Ping Pong. You want to yeah. become that, that you know, where where someone else that comes into the industry looks at you and, and they want to sort of follow in your footsteps in the the mentality yeah. aspect. Yeah. Not I, even necessarily the, the artistic aspect. Yeah. You just want to be able to pass down to them what you've learnt. Yeah. And and make it sort of somewhat easier or clearer for them. Like I'm I'm all for help. If I can help someone in any way, I'd give that give that to them. And I think that's why I look up to like ping pong and um, Hori and stuff like that is because they've like obviously while I've been getting tattooed by them and stuff, they've given me their tips and tricks. And like I feel like not many people give that info away, but maybe they saw something in me that like maybe they could see how much I wanted it and how much I wanted to get better. So they're like, I'll help this little human out <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and give back. And like I would love to be able to get like like give back to people like that and I think that's maybe how you become something and like remembered in that sense. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anyone goes out looking f- to make an impact from day dot like that. I think yeah, it happens true. with time. You work and, things out and you work out yeah. what you want to change and what you don't like and what can be improved upon. I feel like within tattooing, there's so much drama and there's so much unnecessary beef and, and all yeah. that sort of stuff where people just don't like people for whatever reason. And, like, I think... Man, I'm in a bubble. I'm like, nobody can break this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm doing Pete, me. Pete would say, he is a fortress. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pete is a fortress. I got a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I just want... Um, Someone said it before, I can't remember who, but they don't want a tattoo industry, they want a tattoo community. Yeah, I, I feel that. And I, I love it when people can come into a shop and you look at their tattoo and you'd be like, oh, man, was that such and such from that shop? Oh, That's how cool rad. is that? It's the best feeling as opposed to, yeah. why'd, you, why'd you go to that person? Why yeah. didn't you come to me? I think it's so cool to be able to, especially because what tattooing used to be, it used to be like no one... Territorial. Re- it was territorial and, and it was kind of like magicians. They yes. never reveal their tricks. No, it's so secretive. You have to so work secretive. everything out for yourself. Yeah. Whereas now it's, it's, it's getting a lot better. You know, it's more people sharing and communicating and, and engaging with each other and people doing like flash days at each other's shops or know, doing conventions to like together. Come together and meet. That. Like the conventions are so cool because you get to meet so many incredible people. It's amazing. And I just want that to 
keep going and I just want less beef and I want more shops and more communication and and more just, I don't know, I feel like people aren't supportive enough of each other. I want that too. I I like, that would be, that would be the goal. Like, I feel like there is going to always be like some type of bitchiness or negativity, like in any type of industry. I mean, mean, like like, jealousy is a normal thing, but I'd much rather people to be like, oh man, they got that opportunity, fucking good for them, you know, as opposed to like, fuck that dude. Yeah, no, like, oh someone like you got to be happy for people like if you're not happy for anyone like you're not going to be happy for yourself you know what I mean so like if someone's doing good god damn like that's amazing like why wouldn't you tell them yeah, I'll tell lift, everyone lift I'm like, up, I'm like what did I say to you earlier I'm like I'm so proud of you <laughs> like, <laughs> doing a podcast proud like, mum moment <laughs> I know but like like you got to say that stuff you got to compliment people like think, when I you feel like I think it's important to support people and, and to lift them up and like you just want to see your mates do well you just want to see everyone do you well see even if they're not well. their mate you, you just want everyone to do better and yeah, be better yeah you know and, and we like we're we're being trusted by people to do something for them you know what I mean like at the end of the day like we are us but we get to do something for someone that's forever and they put all their trust in us and we get to do that and that's such an incredible experience in itself like they get to walk away stoked and they feel like a new person when they walk out of that door like we've just given them so much confidence because they got that tattoo that they wanted like shit we're we're killing it and we get to do that and they get to be happy like it's a pretty cool job damn cool job I reckon that's a pretty good spot to end this. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. All right, Let's end it. <laughs> end on a high. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Brie, thank you so much. Uh, you should definitely go get Teddy by Brie Rainey at Art on Skin oh, and or Little Tokyo in yes. Sydney. Uh, check her out. Brie Rainey, all one word on Instagram. Thank you so much, Brie. Bruni, thank you. <laughs> Bruni. Bruni. Thanks for having me. That's all right. Did I just talk shit for ages? That was the point. <laughs> <laughs>